Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. I promise you that, that God's plan for your life Steaking rocks. I, I, I promise you that, that if you will put your entire trust in him, you'll live life the way you were meant to. And, and your household too. You know, Acts 16, 31, somebody asked me last night if it was cold in here, and I said, no, it's a look. I'm changing it because it is hot in here, in my opinion. If you're cold today, there's a free vest right up here. You can borrow it. Just put the rent check in the pocket. Okay. Um, what was I saying? Acts 16.31. Acts 16.31. I love it in the message. It says, put your entire trust in the master, Jesus. You live the life you were meant to and your whole house too. Hey, hey how many of you know that, that, you know, I can promise that for you because it's not me making the promise. Is God making you the promise that if, and, and well, yeah, but he was talking to a jailer. Okay, all the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. What does that mean? That means if you're in Christ, any promise you find, well, you can weave it into your life and it'll produce. Now, now think about it. I, I promise you that God's, God's plan for your life is so amazing and, and, and that he will do what he said he would do, no matter what. That there's not a circumstance, not a situation, not a challenge, nothing you've faced in the past, facing currently, or that you will face in the future that has the ability to, uh, you know, to, to deny the power of his promise. The only thing, the only thing, the only thing that, that has the power to deny the, the, the power of his promise to produce in your life is you. And that's it. If you put your entire trust in the master Jesus, you'll live the life you were meant to and your whole house too. Man, you want to get back at the kids? <laughs> what, a, what an awesome deal that God gives us. Hey, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved and your whole house too. And they'll stand there and they'll say, I don't want to serve God. And you go, <laughs> okay. That's his promise. Dude, I'm telling you something. I, I believe God's word. I, I, I get a little bit nervous around people who are, who, who are uh, you know, they, they wear their Christian t-shirt, which is awesome. I want to be careful there. Because, you know, people get mad at me which hurts. But they have this lifestyle your wardrobe is not going to help you. You have to have the you have to have a lifestyle. See see uh uh, you, you got a problem. You, you got a problem because, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, there, there's three chairs. Uh, and, and I like to talk about the three chairs because, you know, the first first chair, first chair, uh, first chair Christian, you know, he's committed. That's commitment. The first chair is commitment. Second chair is compromise. That's just duplicity and he's all over the place. Third chair is conflict. 
See, a lot of people, a lot of people that, that live in that third chair, in the chair of conflict, they're at conflict with God. They're at conflict with people. They're, they're at conflict with everything. Everything's in conflict. And, and they'll even, you know, and, and some people in that chair, you know, they just, uh, you know, they, they have no ability, no, no desire to, to, to know God, to search for God, to seek God. They, they, I didn't say they don't come to church because that's how they build their downline. But, uh, but, but they end up in, in the chair of, of, of conflict because of whatever, you know, just weird belief systems. You know, every action is a manifestation of a belief system, right? And, and, and you've got belief systems that have been built up in your life. And, uh, 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 and there are things that you believe about God that you, you, you know, your belief system, you can actually, you can actually just abbreviate it. It's BS. And, and it's, not, it's not the truth about God, but it keeps you in conflict, keeps you separated from God. And those people, I got to tell you something, and you just have to hear me today. I don't understand them at all. Because I, you know, just my lifestyle, the way I was raised and, and the experiences that I've seen and, and, and over the past 35 years in ministry, I got to tell you something, I, I don't get that mindset. So it's really hard for me to deal with those people that, 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 that are there. But then the second chair and is where I think the majority of people in our culture, in our society, the majority of people spend most of their time is in this chair of compromise. You know, and it's duplicity. It just depends on who I'm with and where I'm at as to what I'm going to confess and how I'm going to live. And it's like living your life out of a chest of drawers. you got a drawer for everything, right? And, and, and you know, the top drawer, that's, that's your, you, you know, you, 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 you might have your work life up there. And then the next drawer, you got your family life. And then you got your, then you got your you know, your, your play life. And then you got your sports life. And then, you, then you're way down in there somewhere, you got a God life that you pull that out on a weekend. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, but, but, but because you're a Christian, because you're a Christian, you're under the impression, you're under the impression that you don't have to do anything you don't want to do because, you know, grace. And I'm here today to tell you that's BS. That's a belief system that will kill you because, because, because what we've done is we've become drive-by Christians. Hello, somebody. Let me tell you something. You can't be a Muslim and just do whatever you want. You know, we're like the only people on the face of the planet that say, hey, man, don't judge me. That's a stupid thing to say. When it comes to judging people, you do not have the right to say he can be forgiven. He cannot. She still working on it. Okay. And, and you don't get to do that. But let me tell you something. You judge every day and, and you should. If, if, if judgment, if judge, if you ought not to judge, why do you need the spirit of discernment? Somebody write that down. That was good right there. You know, as a parent, we, you know, we tried our best to, to check out the people our boys were spending time with. What were we doing? Judging them. Well, you shouldn't. You, you ought not to judge. We can't, we can't be a judge. You're an idiot. You have to. You have to. Why? Because, the, because this, this lifestyle that says, well, just anything goes. Let me tell you what it's doing. It's ripping you off. See, you're all half-hearted about God. And the problem with a half-hearted seeker of God is he ends up half-hearted. You know, you, you're drive-by Christian. You drive by the church on the way to fishing. You drive by the church on the way to sports events. You drive by the church on the, on the way to shopping. You drive by the church on the way to a movie. You drive by the church. You, don't be a drive-by. And you got to get in that chair of commitment. Hello, somebody. 
you know, it, 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 in that seat of compromise, you end up half-hearted, and, and, and it's like you, you, get, you get a piece of something, and then you settle in because you've trained yourself to just accept the least possible production of the promise of God. You know, a good farmer doesn't look at the yield and just hope he gets something. He does whatever he can to get the highest yield. Man, I, I, I need this thing to produce. And we have, we have, this is not a book of laws and rules. This is a sack of seed. And, and, and you plant that seed into the fertile soil of your heart. And I'm here today to tell you, it'll produce some amazing fruit. But you don't want half a promise. Look at somebody and tell them, I don't want half the promise. I mean, just think about that one verse that I talked about. Put your entire trust in the master, and you'll live the life you're meant to, and your whole household too. And a lot of us, we're so selfish that all we do is get ourselves saved. And then we'll justify why everybody else in my world is going to hell. Like it did a light just go off over there? Did it, did it, it's like yeah, just cut that one. And that, you know and that's how that's how we live. You know it, it's the, it's this mindset of duplicity. It, it it it's a compromise. I need to tell you something this morning. That God's promises, man, they are for you. You know a promise is simply. Uh, it has a guaranteed result. I said it, it, it has a guaranteed result. It's, it's like God making you an offer promising what the outcome will be. So you put your entire trust in the master Jesus. Well, I've done that. Well, really, why were you so freaked out during offering that? Why, why, why do you still have that in you? That, oh, they, they, all they want is our money. Well, because you put your trust in that. Why do you get so messed up? Why do you get so nervous when the money level's not as high as it used to be? Oh, I'm preaching good now. <laughs> See, sometimes I think we open the door for stuff that don't need to be in our life, but it's there, but it helps us move to where we need to be. You remember Joseph at Potiphar's house? At Potiphar's house, everything's slick. Everything's cool. He's doing great, man. So he, he's, like, he's like ruling this rich guy's house. He, he's, he's managing everything. He, it, this is great. But then he's falsely accused, and he goes into prison. Well, why? Why, why? why would something like that happen? Well, because he was so comfortable where he was, he would have never went to where God called him. You know, hey, Potiphar's house is great, but the palace is where I've intended to put you. And so sometimes you go through stuff, what to find out, to find out that your entire trust ain't quite yet there. See, because you're going to have to put your entire trust in the master to live the life you were meant to. See, and some of us are under the, under the influence of a, of, a, of a belief that we're living the life we are meant to already. And I want to submit to you today that if you were already at the place that God called you to, then you would probably no longer need 
God. So if he's still working in you, giving you passion and power to do, right? And that's Bible, by the way. That God is working in you, giving, giving you both the desire and the power to do. Man, he's still pumping passion in there. He's still giving you, he's still giving you power. And, and, and if, if you'll put your entire trust in him, he'll get you to the place that, that you were predestined to be. He'll get you to the position that he's called and created you to be in. And, 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 and on the journey, you're going to experience all kinds of stuff. But man, that's why this thing is, is like, like a great adventure. Hello, somebody. Because here's what we know. Check out what we know. Luke, in Luke 1, it says, No word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. No word from God. See, a lot of us, we have the word of God, but we ain't yet got a word from God. See, and if you're going to have the power to do what he's put the passion in you to do, you don't need the word of God. You need a word from God. See, there's a difference between uh, having the word imparted to you. That's what I'm doing today. But you need to get the word that's imparted and work on it until it's implanted. Man, trust me, if if you'll open up, listen, I don't come to church to teach you to put your shopping cart back. It is not my goal in life to teach you how to be nice. I, I want to elevate your, your, your mind. I, I, I want to take you to a position where you're demonstrating Satan's defeat on a daily basis, where you get out of bed in the morning with one intent, and that is to humiliate hell. And God, and, and, and you know what we got to do is we got to stop settling for half the promise. Come on now. No word from God will ever fail. In Joshua 21, he said, not one of the promises failed. Everyone was fulfilled. Psalms 119 verse 140 says, all the promises of God have been tested. Oh my God, somebody. But see, in Job 42.5, it said, hey, uh, you know, I had only heard about you before. And and here's the deal. But now, but now, but now, but now. He said, everything's different now. Before, I was building my life on a rumor. And let me tell you what happens when you build your life on a rumor. When you hear, you know, you've listened to something. You've listened to something. And now you're going to apply it. You've got a little bit, right? And, And it gets a little result. And you settle for a little result because you're building your life on a rumor. It's not what you personally know. You haven't received a word from God. But you have a word of God, and you've seen somebody else have a breakthrough, so, so you do what they do, you know, and, and so you, you try to emulate or try, or try, to, try to copy somebody else's, is, you know, revelation. You don't have a personal revelation. Here's what happens is the enemy can rip from your grip something that you ain't got a hold of. See, it ain't, it ain't hard. But, you know, uh, 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 Mark 4.24 uh, says, I love it in the Amplified. It says, the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear determines the level of virtue and power that comes back to you, and more besides shall be given to him who has. And, and the next verse says, to him who has shall more be given, but to him who has not, even what he has shall be taken away. Dude, I read that verse one time and went, what? Let, read it again. To him who has shall more be given, but to him who has not, even what he has shall be taken away. How do you take something away from somebody who has nothing? How, how do you take something away from somebody who has nothing? Well, see, the deal is, it's not that you don't have anything. It's just that you don't know what you got. And when you don't know what you got, the enemy can take what you had, and you don't even know what you had was missing. You might need to buy the tape. I hope you're taking notes. 
See, it's really, 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 really easy for the enemy to take something from you if you don't even know it's yours. See, that, that, again, and, and I'm not just hammering on household salvation, except somebody needs to get this in their spirit today, is that, that, that you know what, your, your kids and your family members are just living like hellions. What are you watching them for? We rivet our eyes on Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. And, and let, let me tell you why it's so easy to give up on the, on the promises, because you have the word of God, but you don't have a word from God. And you, if you could just shift, if you could shift from, from gathering information to experiencing transformation, you would then have what you need. Because see, the information is great, but it, it's nothing like the transformation that the information can produce. If you'll let the word of God transform you, all of a sudden everything's different. Because when you have a word from God, now what used to take it from you can't, because now you've got a grip. I promise you that when you hear God speak, oh, that just changed everything. Okay? Uh-huh. Got it. You know, you, you, you could be sitting in a chair dying of cancer and everybody in the world telling you that you're dying and your family members could be standing around in a, in a shadowy corner holding a shovel in their hand. But if God speaks to you and says, you're not going to die, but you're going to live and declare the goodness of my kingdom. Something on the inside of you shifts. And you start looking at people saying, I'm healed. And they go, you don't look healed. I don't live by sight. I live by faith. Well, I don't know if that's true. See, here's the deal. I do. I do know it's true. And... Not only in my family are there members who could give you their testimony, and in this church are there multiple people who could testify and say, it's absolutely true. But well, well, yeah, but I had a friend. Yeah, but you had the word of God. You need a word from God. No word from God will ever fail. Oh, so it's not his will to heal everybody? No, that's not what I said. Not everybody will do the work to get the seed in the soil. Why? Because they, they sit in that second chair. They're, they're lazy. See, what we want to do is run down an aisle, have somebody anoint us with oil, maybe blow on us or something, and, and, you know, and give us a couple words of prophecy, and we go out. We don't have to change anything. God just changes everything for us. Well, the problem with that is that if you don't have the character to sustain the change, then the change is only temporary. And that's why some of us in this room have come forward in a prayer healing. We, we, in a healing line, got received prayer. We walked out healed. By the time we got to the car, we're going, I don't know. I don't feel very healed. And then you went home and you're sick again. Why? Because you're more comfortable with sick than you are with healed. Healed isn't easy. I said healed isn't easy. I mean, if you've been around, uh, and, and I'm not, dude, hear me. I'm not, I'm not trying to, ele- ooh, look at me, look at me. But, but people get mad when I talk about them. So I, I have to talk about me. And, and, and if you've been around, you know, we've been in town for how many years? 20-some years. If you've been in town 20-some years, don't you find it odd that I ain't never been sick? Well, let me, let, let me correct your thinking. Of course I've been sick. I just refuse to act like it. I have opportunity to be to be down every day. But I got a word from God. How'd you get that word? That's what I'm going to teach you today is how to get that word, how to get that word, how to cause that word to come alive on the inside of you so that you can look the devil in the eyeballs and say, hey, shut up, sucker.
Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here. Tell them because you really need this. Tell them. We have promises from God, offers with guaranteed results. Shouldn't we go get them? Shouldn't we go get them? I mean, think about it for just a minute. Think about the core promises of God. You know, in Exodus 6, and we're not going to put it out. I'll just tell you what they are. You can study it later. But he said, I will bring you out. That's a promise. God said, I ain't going to leave you where you're at. I'm, I will bring you out. Salvation. I will bring you out. I will deliver you. I, I'm, not gonna just, I'm not just bringing you out of bondage, but I'm getting bondage out of you. I, I'm going to deliver you. I will redeem you. What does that mean? There's purpose in your life. Man, I, 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 and I will walk you into a head-on collision with fulfillment. These are the core promises of God from the beginning of time. This is his purpose. This is his plan. And, and we can study it. We don't have time. We can study it all the way through the Bible. Let's just talk about the one. I will bring you out. Well, you don't want to get halfway out. Man, I'm coming out. I'm coming all the way out. I don't want freedom in this area of my life, but I'm just going to let the devil wreak havoc over there and maybe he'll leave me alone. No, I want all of this thing. I'm coming out. Hello, somebody. Uh, I, and I'm, I'm going to get all the way out. And I understand that because God is working in me, the, the devil's working against me. John 10, 10. Jesus said the thief, he came to kill, to steal, and, and to destroy. But don't ever forget, I came that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the top till it overflows. I came to give you a, not, 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 not a level change, but a lifestyle change. I came to give you the very life that God has himself. The very same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. He said the same life that he gave Christ, he's now giving to me. I don't want a t-shirt. Again, please wear your wardrobe with pride. But if you're going to do it, you better make sure that your life matches your call. Okay. Jeremiah 29, 11. We know this stuff, don't we? We know this stuff, but look, look at it in the message Bible with me for just a minute. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm telling you, think about it. God says, I know what I'm doing. How many of you think God knows what he's doing? <laughs> God, God kind of knows what he's doing. God is smarter. This is going to be a shocker than you. Okay. He knows what he's doing. He has it all planned out. You have not foiled the plan of God, but you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter. He has it all planned out. Check it out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Uh, and leave this up here for a second. Check this one out because you got to get this. I know we've talked about it before, but you got to get this. He's got plans to give you the future. He's got plans to give you. You, sometimes, you know, we get all isolatory. We get all singular. And this is plural. He's got plans to give you the future that you are hoping for. Well, if God, if God, listen, listen, you don't have to be a genius to figure this one out. That if God's going to give you the future that you are hoping for, you might want to increase the size of your hope. Because if your hope is, I hope we make it. Well, then when you're, when you barely make it, quit complaining. You do not have the right to complain about that which you're willing to permit. You do not have the right to complain about that which you're willing to permit. 
So if you're going to permit all kinds of havoc, all I got to do is we just got to hang on here until Jesus comes. We just hang until Jesus comes. If that's your hope, please stand over there. Man, build a bigger hope. Come on, build a bigger hope. Right? His plan is to give you the future you are hoping for. Hope big. All my children shall be taught of the Lord. Don't you think it's weird that it, that script, you know, think about Bible. All your children shall be taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of your children. It doesn't say one third of your children. I'm just trying to show you that, that our mindsets, man, we have BS. Our belief systems are ripping us off. Look, look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. He, he said, when you call on me, when you come and pray, I'll listen. Man, you ain't just wasting time. He said, hey, I've got this. So you start talking to me. Why is it that your prayer life sucketh? Next verse. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. And when you get serious. We might have church today. <laughs> when, when, you, when you get serious. And I want to ask you something. And, and please don't respond. I mean, just keep looking forward. And whatever you do, do not look to the left or the right. Okay. Okay. You got that? Don't go, crap. I'm sitting right by him. No, no. When you, here's the question. You really think you're serious? Are you at the level of pursuit and passion that you want your kids to be? Are you... Are, are, are you living the life? Are, are you as engaged with God as you wish your neighbor was? He said, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than it, and, and you know, some of your other translations, you, when you seek me with your whole heart, when you decide to quit being half-hearted. I know that some of you guys, you're, you're sitting here wondering, I don't know if I should ever come back. So I'm going to hit you with double barrels today. Hallelujah. I'm here to arrest you. When you want me more than anything. Oh, leave it up there. Don't, don't move yet. Are you really? Now, again, you got to ask you. Is that me? I mean, there have been some things in my life that I wanted. I mean, wanted. I don't mean, oh, it crossed my mind. I mean, no, I'm getting it. One of them's right there. You know, do you know the difference? Man, when you want me more than you, I think sometimes, you know, we live like a drive-by Christian and we don't even know it. You know, I'm not just, I'm not just talking about service attendance. I'm, uh, uh, you know, being at the church when the doors, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you want him more than anything else. God, I want your presence in my life today more than I want your prosperity. God, I want your presence. I, I, listen, I want 
you. You know what he said? He said, when you get to this spot, look, look at the next verse. When you get to this spot, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Oh, let, let, let me tell you something. I have wanted things that weren't right. Now, what's up with that? I get honest and you get quiet. Like you haven't. Okay. I have wanted the wrong things and got it and been disappointed. You, you, you can pursue power, you'll be disappointed. You can pursue position, you're going to be disappointed. You can pursue possessions, you're going to be disappointed. You, come on, come on. How many of you guys know that you did everything you could to get yourself positioned behind the wheel of that car? You needed that car. You spent money you didn't have to buy a car that you didn't need to impress people that you don't even like. And guess what? You were disappointed. But he said, I will promise you, you will not be disappointed. Oh, again, hey, if we're going to clap, we got to clap, okay? Because he, he's like, I'm not going to disappoint. Check it out. I'll turn things around for you. And I'm standing here looking this way, and I see people who could use some stuff turned around. Okay, financially, physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. Good Lord God, could you turn some stuff around? Would you please turn some stuff around? Well, you're going to have to get serious. You know what's really sad is I almost don't have time to finish. Uh, but here, here's the deal. You know, okay, so if God's going to turn things around, maybe that's where he's starting in the process of getting you out. When he said, I will bring you out. See, I'm a word guy. I love words. I love that when God says something that you can study it and you can find out, oh boy, that rocks. You know, it's like you won't be disappointed. Okay, now, now, now sometimes in some of these other translations, you'll read a verse and then you go back to the original and start finding it and you realize that they took a little bit of liberty there. You know, to make it sound good. I said, okay. But, but, but you study it out and you find out that, no, this one's pretty much on. God said that when, when, when you come after me with your whole heart, that you won't be disappointed. That's really what he said. And disappoint, disappoint. See, I love words. Uh, and, and, and some of these prefixes are awesome because dis is a prefix that's put on, the, on that word. A prefix is a grammatical stem added to the beginning of a word to change the meaning of that word. And he put that prefix on that word to change the meaning, okay? Because dis means to push or press out of. Okay, so dis, disappoint, to push or press, to, to, to somehow move you, move you, right? Remember in John 14, 27, when he said, uh, uh, don't, don't, do not let yourself be agitated. You know, uh, the agitation is to be shaken to the point that it repositions you. And he said, I won't, I, I won't let this, uh, you know, uh, you, you won't be dis, you won't be shaken and you won't be repositioned. Why? Because you're anointing and your power and, and, and you see the power that he's given you, it, it's, it's an appointment and, and it's kind of like the office of the president, you know, it's an appointed office and he's got a lot of power in that appointment outside of that appointment. He don't have any more power than you and I got. He's just a guy, but inside that appointment, he's got all kinds of authority 
authority and power. What the enemy tries to do is to use life to shake you, to move you, to push you, to press you out of your appointment so that you don't have the power and the ability that God called and created you to walk in. So you end up powerless. But Well, wait a minute. God said he's working in me, giving me passion and power, right? But you're letting life shake you, and you're becoming disappointed. You're becoming disconnected. You're becoming repositioned, and now you're losing your power because your power ain't over here half-hearted place. Your, your power is in that committed chair. Your power is in the place when you're seeking him for, with your whole heart. Your power is in that place when you want him more than anything else. That's the position that God wants you in. Why? Because that's the position that has all the power. And he said, I'll turn things around. Here's another great word. Repent, right? We're going to turn it around. Repent. And most of us think that, that that's this way, right? I'm going this way. And we've been taught that it means to, you know, about face and go the other way. Well, that's kind of true. But that's only half the truth. See, it's, it's not this way. It's this way. Repent is a cool word. Two prefixes put together. Re, which means to bring back the original state of pent, the top, top level. If you've ever been to the pent house, you know that that was the one on the top. It's not in the basement. It's on the top. Why? Because it's the pent house. If it was the apartment that was below, it would be the basement. But this is the pent house. It's on top. So when you repent, what does he do? He picks you up and puts you back on top again. You get back up on top of the stuff that's shaking you and press you out of. No, no, no. I'm repenting. I'm getting back up on top. He said, I'm going to turn some things around for you. See, in a lot of us, a lot of us, what we're doing is we're wanting God to change circumstances. God don't want to change your circumstances. He wants to change you. He said, and, and when you come seeking me, when you want me, and when you want me more than anything else, I, I promise you, you will not be pushed out of your appointment. I'll get you back up on top again. I'll put you back up where you're walking with some authority, where you're speaking to mountains and they're being cast into the sea, where, where you're binding and loosening, and that's uh, in alignment with heaven. I'm telling you that God has a power position for his people and that we ought to want that promise, not half of it, not a part of it, not, not a touch of it. I don't want a slice of bread. I want the loaf. Hello, somebody. And, and, and you know, together, we're on our way to change the world. Well, we're going to have to change our attitude first. We can't be this drive-by Christianity thing. No, we got to go at it. We, we, we got to get into his word long enough. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night so that you'll know what to do to prosper, so you'll know what to do to have great success. See, a lot of us are wanting God to prosper us. We're wanting God to produce great success without us having to do anything. And he's given us power, passion, power to do. To do. Okay, and, and, and because he's justified you, my Lord, think of what he's done that you could have never done. Because he, because, because he went to the cross and shed his blood and went to the grave and took the keys from, 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 from Satan. And, and because he rose again on the third day and ascended on high and has put you and seated you in heavenly places in Christ. Because he's done all of that, you are now justified. The enemy wants you to look at your past and look at your mistakes and look at your failures. But God's looking at you through the blood of Jesus and go, man. You are just as if you've never messed up. You are justified. It is, and the devil, somehow, somehow he keeps, he keeps pointing you back and having you look at stupid stuff. And, I, and unfortunately, we've all done stupid stuff. And if we didn't do anything stupid, then we started hanging out with stupid people and they did stupid stuff for us. That's kind of what happened to me, but that's another story. But anyways, uh, you know, here, here we are. We, got this, we, we have this power. Well, what's it for? It's to do some stuff. And we settle in for half of that thing, man. The just shall live by. 
And then we get some weird mindset what that is. That's like some magic wand thing. It's got a star in the end and streamers on the bottom. You shake it real hard and glitter comes out. It's really cool. Got to get myself one of those. <laughs> Faith is not simply believing regardless of the circumstances. It might include that, but again, that's half of it. It is obeying regardless of the consequence. It is obeying regardless of the consequence. Well, in order to obey, doesn't one have to receive instruction? Well, I don't know. I never really thought about it. See, we, we talked last week about the process of creation and what God speaks from out of what God speaks to. So he has to, in order to bring something out of your life to produce, he's got to speak into your life. In order to speak into your life, you, then, then again, you don't need a word of God. You need a word from God. So you have to stay in the word long enough to hear the voice behind the word. See, you, you need the voice behind the word. See, a lot of people read the Bible all wrong. They just read it like once. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Don't get caught without God's word in your mouth. Thou shalt meditate, meditate, meditate. That's read it and repeat it and 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 read it and repeat it. That's an Old Testament scripture. Okay. Faith cometh and cometh and cometh and cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Faith cometh and cometh and cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing. Faith, faith, faith cometh by hearing the word of God. It might take you a little. Uh, you, have you seen those commercials that are on right now? That, and I don't even know what they're for, but there's a guy and the different people doing one. You know, wouldn't it be amazing if one setup would change your life and they do one and they get a belief? Wouldn't it be amazing if you put one dollar in the bank and you could retire? I mean, how stupid would that be? You look at that guy and you go, he needs an ID10T form. If you don't know what an ID10T form is, just write it down and get one after church. Okay, so that's stupid. That's crazy. Yeah, but you, you read one verse real fast, and you're going on. That does not produce the faith required to do what you've been called to do. I said that lifestyle will not produce the level of faith required for what you've been called to do. Now, if you want to have a lot of conflict in your life, know what you've been called to do and see yourself without the power to do it. You want to talk about a conflict creator. All you have to do is like, doesn't the Bible say that uh, uh, hope deferred? It's not very good. makes you sick. You see in all of this promise and all of this potential and all of this stuff, and why don't we have the power to do it? Because power takes a minute. You know, I wish I could tell you that if tonight if you'll lay the Bible under your pillow and then lay your head upon it and rest, that thou shalt wake up in the morning and thou shalt have great wisdom. And if you believe that, stop smoking crack. You, you got to get in this thing. You got to get into this word. You got to get this word into you until it starts coming 
out. Because in order to produce what God's created you to produce, you're going to have to do something. And to know what you're going to have to do, you're going to have to spend time in his word. Because even in Isaiah, it said, you'll hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it when you turn to the left or the right. A word behind you is not an angel on assignment. A word behind you is a word that you sowed into the fertile soil of your heart in the past that comes up in your present that unlocks the door to your future. You have to have a word from God. You don't know what to do. You just think you know what to do, but you do not know what to do until you've heard from God. Well, people that hear from God make me nervous. People who don't make me nervous. Man, you're you're out here telling the world. You're you're all whining about the darkness in the world. Can you not see the weaknesses in the church? Dude, why are we so weak? Well, because, because... because our, our, our natural man, we feed him all the time, and our spirit man, he 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 he, he gets a snack once, one point four times a month, and we think that we're committed. Man, I might not get to see you two or three times a week, but you shouldn't go half a day without getting to see him. If you continue. In my word, you're going to know some stuff you didn't know. That's going to empower you to be free from some stuff that has you in bondage. But you got to continue. The level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear determines the level of virtue. That's power and knowledge that comes back to you. If you're not putting any time and thought and study into that word, if you're not meditating day and night, you don't know what to do. You just think you do. And you might feel good because you got a little piece of the promise. Well, I can see how that, and you sit down and you examine it. I mean, think about how many times you've done this. You've taken the outcome of your life and you looked at it and you turned it from all different directions. You looked at it and finally you found a spot where you can say, well, yeah, see, I think that really might have been God. Dude. The whole thing ought to be screaming, God. Anybody looks at it, goes, God. People who don't believe in God are going, that was God. People who don't like God going, dang it. People who don't like you, wish they were you. Second Corinthians, uh, did I give you a second Corinthians scripture uh, to, help me. Here it comes. Did I give one to you? Okay, put it up. Thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us as trophies of his victory. Anybody looking at you ought to go, look at that. See, people who know you, people who know you now believe in God. Because they know you. And they know that you can't produce what your life is producing. Hello? Hello? Think about this for just a minute. Think about it for just a minute. And I'll I'll be just as transparent as I can for you. Without God, I doubt very seriously I'd be friends with any of you. Because you wouldn't wouldn't take me. Hello? It's okay to just relax for a minute. But just think about it. If you know me, look around the room. There's a God. Don't be, don't be thinking you're all that. Thank God. 
that it is him who always, 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 always leads us as, as, as trophies of his victory. You think, you think that the trophy of, of his victory, he wants people to go, well, if you hold it just like that, I kind of, wait, wait a minute. There. I can see the fingerprint of God right there. No, you're the trophy. You're the trophy of his victory. And look what he's doing. And through us spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God. Why would we settle for a hallway, an Okanagan place, when the knowledge of God should be everywhere? Why, why, why settle? For, well, I had a little financial breakthrough. Thank you, Jesus. Why settle for that when it could be everywhere? I'm out of time. I can't. I'll be in trouble. The ice cream will melt. I thought about telling you guys, if offerings don't go up, the ice cream's going out. <laughs> Let's take another offering. <laughs> you, don't wanna, you do not want to settle for, for, oh, Jesus, just help me make it through this day. I said, you, you, you don't want to settle for a reprieve. You don't want to medicate your pain. When he's willing to heal you. You know, you, you don't want to find a, a, and I know we're probably going to get a couple emails, but why settle for a way of escape when you could have a victory? I'm telling you, a lot of us, we've been believing for a way of escape. God's called us to walk in victory. I want you to close your book and bow your head for just a minute. And we're going to pray one prayer together. Some of us in the room right now, you already know, man, you're in conflict with God. You've allowed compromise to, to impact the way you think, the way you feel, the choices you've made. You know, you know, you don't need anybody pointing out you're not actually living for God. Well, if he's going to turn things around for you, we've got to start somewhere. And this is it. We're going to pray a prayer together. I won't call you out. I don't want to embarrass you. I won't make you stand. I won't have you come forward today. But listen to me. If you're in this room and you and you say, you know what, Pastor Tom? That's me. I'm, I haven't lived for God. I'm not seeking him with my whole heart. I, I haven't sought him with any heart. And, 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 you know, and, and I know that some of you are sitting there thinking, well, I, I don't need the salvation prayer. Hey, listen, start a new walk today. Let God take you to a place you ain't never been before. And just start by, by, by yielding your life. And some of you here today, you, you know, man, I know that's me. Well, then, while nobody's looking around, heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just hold your hand up and say, I'm making this my prayer today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can put them down. Thank you. Man, thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. 
See, I, I think that some of us are so afraid of failure that we never engage with the only way to win. The only way to win in life is to be willing to allow a possible failure. See, if victory is going to mean anything, then failure has to be a viable option. You need to go all in and all out for God. Put your entire trust in Him. Then you'll be saved. Then you'll live the life you were meant to. And I'm telling you, it's going to impact your whole house. I want everybody in this room to pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, give him one more victory praise.